0: Have you ever thought about building a serverless application to process real-time data streams that can handle things like generating metrics, filter logs or analyze social media? Welcome to the third episode of Connected. Today we have with us Vijoy Paul, who is an associate devops lead at To the New and a cloud automation and security enthusiast. Hi Vijoy, Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me here. Hey everyone. So, I have been working with cloud computing technology since 2015 at To The New. I'm responsible for guiding customers of all sizes, from startups to large enterprises, in the AWS migration journey, adopting cloud-based practices, and modernizing their application in cloud using containerization, serverless architecture. So, tell us something about To The New, Vijay. So, To The New is a digital technology firm, providing digital transformation and product engineering services. To consumer internet and large enterprises across the globe to the new is a aws premier partner and we work with many from startups to giant clients this is an
0: awesome group of people that you've worked with while explaining about your experience you mentioned serverless architecture what exactly does serverless mean
1: yes Mohit. nowadays serverless architecture is a hot trending topic so let me start by clearing the common myth and confusion after reading the word serverless Serverless so, well, does not mean performing computation without servers, simply means delegating uh, the responsibility for managing the servers to your CSP, that is AWS or GCP, any other cloud service provider so that we can always focus on business logic, rather than managing the server. Like in earlier days, we used to have a, a normal EC2 servers as a infrastructure as a service where we need to deploy our packages and run the application. But now with uh, serverless, that is function as a service, we just only going to uh, charge for the execution or the duration we are going to be run that particular function. Okay. So why should we use a serverless approach? So the best part uh, is a very cost-effective. Now everyone uses uh, service-oriented architecture, microservices, so in that case, You'll be deploying your, every single feature, single API, separate, application in serverless, we can, we'll say Lambda. You can use it for depth to server API, job, cron, or any other approach also. And to use it, the learning curve is very small. You can use it with your own uh, programming language like Java, and, and the other technologies, other programming language. And to start with AWS also provide. Some blueprint, or it has its own repository where we can find some ready-made application to begin with. So it's very easy to use actually. After uh, this year, reinvent 2020, Lambda will going to be charged by milliseconds. So now it's more cost-effective solution, and it's high available. So you don't need to uh, manage the scalability. AWS does for you. Okay, so
0: these advantages sound very nice. But are there any challenges as well with serverless
1: or is it all rosy? There are some, but I'll not uh, say that there will is challenges, but we need to clear on our use case first before starting with Lambda. It's feature and what it does offer the functionalities. So you need to have a proper skill matrix in your organization and the use case you are going to be uh, used for this function. Let's say if you take an example, if you are using Lambda to server API, which is going to be hit on every second, you will be charged more. Rather, if you deploy that same application in a EC2 server, it will be more uh, cost-effective solution. So that means your solution should be use case driven. And also in case of microservice, you need to have a proper CI CD pipelines, a streamlined process to manage your CI C D versioning, monitoring, logging, to manage all those lambda functions. It could be 50 or more. Saving cost is what I
0: think will be the biggest advantage for any organization to consider moving to a serverless application. Taking AWS into focus, what services do they provide which we can consider for moving our app to this architecture?
1: There can be many use cases of using serverless. Let's take an example uh, of a client that we work for. So the client running an e-commerce site, generating large amount of data on daily basis They need to analyze those data in near real time, which is valuable for business units, such as operations and marketing team. For example, during sale, understanding which products are currently popular and do some required changes in the discount strategy accordingly. The client uh, had an existing stack on Oracle, Java, and Kafka, and with some other services, so the main problem they were facing in, in that setup is scalability. So they need to provision servers upfront, basis. they are managing a large server in terms of resources, which costlier. And also, they were having at least 10 plus operation IT team to manage that infrastructure. And also, due to Oracle, they The license cost on the higher side, and the features. So we uh, recommend them to re-architect the application and help them to move to a serverless architecture using AWS Lambda and other related services like API Gateway and all. And the acceptance criteria to move to the target state that is serverless uh, architecture that is we need to match performance that. They cannot afford any downtime during the transition. And also we need to follow all organization policy, like the backup archival policy in the target environment. And how did you achieve these? So on a high level, we use major three services like API gateway to deploy their rest APIs, Lambda to host their Node.js application and DynamoDB, the serverless database, to host their NoSQL database. And also you used a few features like TTL to remove any unwanted data after a certain time. What other consideration did
0: you take while designing these? Did you consider any security implications or performance
1: limitations? Yes, so as per their organization policy, we have to deal with some backup and archival policy. So for that, we use S3 and the Clashier with some basic policy lifecycle. And for security part, we leverage API key for the authentication part, and also Cognito by sharing client and secret to access their application. For performance part, we scale Lambda and DynamoDB basis based on the traffic. Used API Gateway feature like request throttling and quota, and also we cache the the response at the API level and also in the Cognito level. So the developer. Uh, should be able to deploy their application locally. So we use AWS service SAM to test it locally and for the packaging part. And we use AWS code pipeline to implement the CI CD for the whole application.
0: So were there any other use case that you had to
1: fulfill for the client? See that application need to serve Two major use cases. One, load data into database through some APIs and serve data based on some condition. And the other use case was the analytic team need to have a portal where they can query the data based on some multiple fields for the analytic purpose with some complex condition.
0: So you mentioned you are using DynamoDB for the client. So were there any problems on doing these analytics on DynamoDB directly? So, the
1: major problem with DynamoDB is DynamoDB actually built for storing the data only and you can get the data based on its primary and secondary index, right? So you can consider it as a key value storage. In case of this client, their primary index was customer ID and product ID as the secondary index. So you can get the data using these two uh, customer ID and product ID. But in case of analytic team, it was challenging because they are using some more field to query the data like based on uh, date product type status and so on in case of dynamodb if you need to query data beyond those fields in that case you need to scan the whole table and in that case it will be more costlier and less performant okay so how did you solve these problems okay so Let's say in traditional way to solve this use case, we usually replicate the data to other nodes and have some different application which will aggregate the data and solve the purpose. In our scenario, we used AWS managed service Athena to query the data from AWS S3. So if we talk about Athena, Athena provides the option using which you can uh, query data in SQL and S3 will be data source, right? And also, For better performance, you can specify the partitions. So you need to load the data from AWS S3 into specific partitions. To do that, we use DynamoDB stream. So DynamoDB stream actually triggers an event. You can configure it. So in our case, we configure it on every data change or insert. We pushed a trigger event to Lambda. So then Lambda collect that data from the DynamoDB and pushed into Kinesis stream. It's a managed service uh, provided by AWS. So it has many integration with other services as well. So from Kinesis, we initially stored the original data that from DynamoDB to S3 for backup purpose, or maybe it will can be used for troubleshooting purpose in future. From there, using Lambda, we transformed the data because it, ha- it is actually JSON payload and we need to transform it into a scalar way so it can be queried through sql and also we need to remove some metadata which is added by dynamo from there after transforming that data into s3 all this integration was automatic using kinesis lambda and s3 but as i mentioned the data has to be loaded into some partitions of kinesis before you can query the data based on those conditions to do that we again use another Lambda function, which triggered on every new data added into S3 and that Lambda load the data from S3 and update the Kinesis partitions. So in this way, we update the partitions in less than let's say five seconds on every data change in DynamoDB to S3 and analytic team can have the data for their analytic purpose in near real time using AWS Athena.
0: Wow, it was really amazing how you replicated the useful information from DynamoDB to S3 for analysis in near real time. What was the outcome of these changes that you made? And how did
1: your clients benefit from these changes? Right, So if you remember the initial acceptance criteria that you need to match the performance and also the setup need to be cost efficient. So since we are using everything that is AWS managed services and serverless, So all the scaling part and the high availability managed by AWS itself. We don't need to handle that part. And and after this uh, production go live, we able to handle more than millions of requests without any issue uh, using that same setup. And we don't need to manage any upfront provisioning since everything is serverless. and the costing model was also paper request model, like in case of Lambda, we are only being charged for the execution and we allocated 256 memory for every Lambda function, right? And in case of DynamoDB, the charging model was based on the, the number of read query or the write query you used for the DynamoDB. Every four KB data that you fetch from the database, it considers a one read query and the one KB data you stored into DynamoDB, it considers a one query. So in case of Kinesis. Every API that you going to be used to push the data into stream or fetch from it, that part going to be charge only and in case of Athena for every query you made at the Athena portal. And the S3 is a very, very optimal solution and cost effective to storing the data. And using Glacier, you can archive it later.
0: All right. So with your in-depth explanation, it looks like a lot of good things can be achieved using a sound approach to serverless applications. Bijoy, would you like to summarize why someone should think of moving to serverless?
1: See, at the end, now every company wants to remove the uh, dependency on the operation and the other uh, IT stuff. They need to focus on the development part only. So uh, the expectation from the organization is that developer can develop their code and deploy their code on their own. So in that case, I think serverless is the best option because you don't need to manage the underlying infrastructure. You don't need to have those skills to manage infrastructure, scale those for monitoring. Everything can be managed through uh, the cloud service provider. You just need to deploy your code only. If we consider in earlier days for that, we need to plan for infrastructure. We need to create a request for it. So we need to wait for at least for 15 days to create the infrastructure, then only we can deploy our application on non-production, then on the production. But using serverless, in less than one week, you can develop your application on a single feature and you can push to production. So the main focus nowadays we see on the development rather on the managing infrastructure, right? And the transition we see, like we generally recommend. Any customer or any client that they started from data center, their journey. So, we recommend them migrate their whole workload from data center to uh, cloud first. So once they are in cloud, so now they able to leverage all the cloud services, benefits. So from then they can re-architect their application from monolith to microservice. So they can now deploy their application into Docker. So once they are now in Docker environment, so they can prepare themselves to u- using some serverless component. So in this way, anyone can move from monolith to microservice and deploy their application into the serverless uh, architecture. Awesome.
0: Thanks, Vijay for sharing your valuable knowledge with us. I hope people will find it interesting and insightful. You can find Vijay on LinkedIn and feel free to get in touch with him there. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you.